This is the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Today is December the 16th, 2021. It is just after 5 o'clock in the evening here in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Uh, another beautiful day in December in the Philadelphia area. Uh, this These past weeks have been absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it was at the store today, I found myself calling it Pencil Florida. And it made me think about last winter, I'm on the Knights of Columbus, and we do uh, every, the week before Christmas, we drop off food for, for families in need in our area, food and gifts. And my wife and I last year went with one of my friends, and uh, he actually slipped on the ice. We felt terrible, but it made me think about last year at this time, there was snow on the ground and ice on the ground. And I remember vividly uh, the, the year before that and the year before that were bitter cold by this time uh, in December. So this has been quite a relief. And it made me think about something. I was telling my wife earlier that, uh, and I don't think I've ever mentioned this on, on this on this podcast, but uh, before I wrote Jesus Only Speaks the Truth, I wrote a novel uh, about high school, high school seniors growing up uh, in the Philadelphia suburbs where I grew up and their experiences. And the book is called Covered in Delco. But what I wanted to do, it was I, I said it in the year that I graduated high school, which was 96, 97. And there was a scene, and I wanted to have the weather accurate to to um, exactly what transpired. There was a scene that I had, uh, or a chapter, uh, that I had where I needed it to be snowing and icy. And it I remember researching the weather, and that winter was very, very mild. I guess the 96, 97 winter because it took forever. I think it was only one or two days that I could have had uh, options that it was snow and ice on the ground. So um, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm very grateful for this mild winter thus far. Hopefully it continues. And before I get into today's message, I, I want to just, it, before I began today's podcast, I, I asked Jesus to help me do a great job as I, I always ask Jesus to help me. Uh, with this message. And over the last week, my wife and I have been receiving a lot of Christmas cards, as I'm sure you are too, uh, from friends and family and seeing photos of their, you know, my friends with their children or my sister with her children, one of my sisters. Uh, we just received her card today. My other sister, I'm sure we'll get her card soon enough. And as I was looking at these cards right before I began this message, I realized how awesome it is that Jesus keeps his promises because I'm looking at you know my sister with her beautiful family my friend with his beautiful family uh, my friends with their families and their children and I know from talking to my friends and my family over the years you know thinking back I have a good memory and thinking back to conversations that I had with them and then telling me this is what they wanted and now to see it on a card that this is what they got, this is what they received, it reinsures that Jesus planted that seed and that Jesus came through and that Jesus keeps his promises. Today's message is entitled, Honor God with your confidence. Honor God with your confidence. In prayer over the last few weeks, Jesus has really been urging me to begin this message, to share this message, which is really a message of divine love, where Jesus himself calls himself the God of love. Now, I've done extensive messages on the God of mercy, 
on divine mercy, the divine mercy apparitions. It's when Jesus appears to St. Faustina from 1925 to 1938 in Poland. It is a life-changing message. I mean, er powerfully, so powerful. Uh, it will impact your life in such a profound way. And the happiness that you will receive by pursuing the divine mercy message, you will not be disappointed. You will not. The peace, the understanding of God's plan for you, and that when you're in the process of waiting, understanding that you're in waiting for a reason, and God is using that timing, that timing to prepare you for the next step. And the divine mercy message is a, is a life-changing message. It is, we understand that the Lord's mercy is without limit. We understand that, like I said, we understand that God's will is the primary focus. And when we're in, as I mentioned, as, as I feel like I, right now I'm in a time of waiting. And God has told me he's preparing me for prime time. Because it would be easy for me to get frustrated and say, why, why, you know, hasn't this happened or why hasn't that happened? And, you know, for I just mentioned the novel I wrote, Covered in Delco, and I have aspirations of that becoming a movie. And I believe Jesus will bring that to fruition at the appropriate time. It would have been easy for me to say for the last however many years, why hasn't it happened? It's not going to happen. I'm going to give up. But that's not what Jesus wants me to do. And I doubt that Jesus wants you to give up either. There are times when we have to abandon something and pursue something else, but sometimes there's some, there are times where, where God is using that waiting period to bring something to fruition, to prepare us for prime time. And that message is reiterated through the Divine Mercy Diary. One of the great promises in the Divine Mercy Diary is that Jesus says, no soul that is called upon my mercy has been disappointed or brought to shame. No matter what it is you want, no matter what it is you need, if you call upon the mercy of Jesus, you cannot be disappointed. And that is a promise that Jesus makes. Therefore, it's a promise that Jesus keeps. That's why I say it's a life-changing message. You'll realize that the Lord's mercy is greater than your sins. And any, we all, listen, we all have a past. Right, that's the saying. Is it? Uh, what is it? Every every sinner has a past. Every saint has a future. Is that I messed that up? I think I said that backwards. Every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future. That's the that's the saying. Either way, it makes sense though. But the point is, is that we all make mistakes. We all sin, and the mercy of Jesus is greater than our sins, and those of the entire world. And that is the and that, I know that because that's what Jesus says in the diary. That His mercy is greater than our sins and those of the entire world. The gifts, the peace, the happiness that Jesus will bestow upon you if you pursue that message of the divine mercy, you will not be disappointed. What I was saying was, I, I don't know anyone who's ever pursued that message, has, has read the diary, has read through the diary, who wasn't dramatically impacted and said, this is a life-changing message, a message of hope. It's a message of exercising mercy, releasing if we have any... Uh, uh, I'm trying grudges. Maybe they're so you have maybe you have grudges. Maybe somebody did you wrong. You let that go. And you understand that the Lord vindicates. The Lord produces happiness. Simultaneously, as the divine mercy message was being delivered to St. Faustina, Jesus was busy delivering another message to Sister Consolata. Sister Consolata 
right at the same time Jesus is delivering the divine mercy message and then going into the holy face apparitions right after that there is a time period where Jesus is also delivering a message of love to Sister Consolata I've said that this message could easily be called the divine love apparitions or the God of love apparitions it is written within a book written by a priest Father Salas Father Lorenzo Salas with the permission of the church, his message fully the message of this book is fully approved by the church, and the book is entitled "Jesus Appeals to the World." So much of what you read in this book is synonymous, is harmonious with the divine mercy apparitions, and understanding that God's mercy is without limit, that God's generosity doesn't have any barriers. We put the barriers on. Jesus doesn't put the barriers on. We're asked to exercise our faith, to trust in Jesus more completely. And the more we trust, the more we, we receive. Allow me right now to, to read some from this, this book, Jesus Appeals to the World. I'm reading for page, I should be getting at the bottom of page 32. Actually, pardon me, on the top of page 33. Pardon me. Sister, Con I'm sorry, Father Consolata is writing uh, with the apparitions delivered to, to Sister Consolata. The author writes, in most cases, we lack trust in God because we have too much confidence in ourselves. Then when the soul experiences its own inability to do good, he or she preserves, he or she grieves beyond measure and is greatly perturbed the very opposite ought to be the case it is because of our weaknesses that the infant has the right to be sustained by his or her mother same thing happens in the spiritual field it is our extreme our own extreme weakness which gives us the right to count on god's strength our countless needs which is what attracts the tender heart of Jesus. This is an important point in the battle for sanctity. Our every imperfection, whether more or less voluntary, should become our point of support for raising our confidence even higher. A love which does not trust is no more love but fear. And every anguish, every anguish which is caused by a lack of confidence in God dishonors and wounds the heart of God. Jesus makes that clear additionally in the Diary of Divine Mercy. We hear that message in the Diary of Divine Mercy that it is these sins of distrust which are so offensive to God. It's the lack of confidence in God which is so offensive to God. Jesus even says at one point in Divine Mercy to the soul he's speaking to that the lack of trust and his mercy is actually more offensive than the sins that were committed. There are many times when I go to confession, which one of the very first sins I often find myself confessing is a lack of trust in God's mercy, a lack of confidence in God's will. And see that, what I've learned, it's, it's not only that that is offensive, and I think I speak for many others out there, but oftentimes, it is our lack of trust in God's goodness, our lack of trust in God's omnipotence. It's our lack of faith 
that Jesus keeps every promise he makes. It's that lack of faith, which is the catalyst for many sins and many wrongdoings and our disobedience to God's will. Because why? Because we're doubting. Doubt is used by the enemy then when we get upset, agitated, or as Jesus says, and you'll hear in a minute, perturbed, that leads us to go down the wrong roads, that leads us to sin. It doesn't excuse our sin, but it, but if you look at, we hear this term all the time, root causes. If you look at the root causes of sin, oftentimes, it is that lack of trust, the doubt that Jesus will keep his promise. Because that's when we start to go astray and we start to try to do things on our own. That it's not that we're supposed to, not supposed to take action. We are supposed to take action. Every action that we take must be in accordance with God's will. Otherwise, it's a disobedient action. That's why it's so critical to stay in step with God's will. And I began talking about these Christmas cards. And it reminds me of the promise that God made to Abraham that God would grant him a son and that God would grant Abraham descendants more numerous than the stars in the sky. What happened? God kept that promise, didn't he? But at the time, when everything looked like it wasn't going to happen, Abraham thought to himself, Abraham began to doubt. And that's when he took action with which was obviously against God's will. He took action with, a, uh, I guess, a maid, right? Hagar, was it? Or, and that's where he bore the son Ishmael. Now, God used that disobedience ultimately for good, and Isaac came after that. But the point is, is that it was Abraham's lack of faith which caused him to sin. Abraham began to doubt that God was going to keep his promise. When I look at these Christmas cards, all these people that are rejoicing with their families, and this is what they wanted, and this is what some of them waited for, right? They could have done other things, but they didn't. They never stopped believing that God would come through, that God would deliver on that promise. And they took action in accordance with God's will. And that's what you and I are being asked to do. That's one of the reasons I say the divine mercy is a life-changing message, because if we trust that God will keep his promises, we're going to do things differently. Things are going to make more sense to us. You know, I'll share with you something right now. I'm in a process. What Jesus has told me is a, it's a, it's a knowledge acquisition process. In order for me to get to the next step where God wants to take me, I need to acquire more knowledge. I'm not ready for prime time yet. And one of the main reasons I'm not ready for prime time is because my knowledge, you could say my lack of knowledge. I, it, the amount of knowledge that the Lord has bestowed upon me over the last few years astounds me. Astounds me. But I'm not quite ready. I'm getting very, I'm, I'm, I think I'm almost there. What is my point? My point is, is I don't believe I'm waiting in vain. A recent psalm was, blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Now I'm talking about me right now. But I have a feeling I'm not the only one waiting, waiting for a promise to be kept when we know Jesus keeps every promise he makes. Why? Because he's already kept so many promises for us. We've seen it. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen the Lord answer so many prayers. There are so many times 
when I just thank Jesus for his generosity, for being so generous to me. I, I take that time and I think, I think about prayers that I've asked and the Lord has delivered and exceeded upon these prayers. Things that I haven't even asked and the Lord has been so generous. And so take the time to be grateful and thank Jesus for all those gifts that he's given to you. I'm going to go back to this book. Jesus appeals to the world. I'm going to look right here. I'm going to wrote, I'm going to go right to page 34. Jesus is speaking to Sister Consolata. Jesus says, "Look, Consolata, your poverty is limited, but my love has no limits." Amen. I'm also reading a book right now, and I felt it was in accordance with God's will. My parents actually sent it to me. How to Win Friends, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. You've probably heard of it. It's a classic. There's some lessons. I was always, I, I was telling my parents, I always had reservations about reading this book because I didn't want to ever be manipulative. I don't want to ever be manipulative. And I felt like the book could potentially had the way I was like, eh, maybe it could be, I don't want to be a manipulator. I want to be authentic. But I asked my parents about the book recently, and I knew that they had it. And then they sent it to me, which is beautiful. And I've been reading through it. And, and it's, it's not about manipulation. It's about actually, it's at its core, authentic, authenticity, sincerity helps move people, attract people to oneself. Chapter I just read was about, it was about arousing an eager want in someone. In other words, not just talk about what I want, but rather what do you want? And that's a question I'm going to ask right now is what is it that you want? What is it that you want? You know, I don't know what your situation is. We have all, all people of all different ages listening, thankfully. And quite frankly, from all different areas. I what but, but my question is very simple. What is it that you want? And I have great news for you. Jesus just said, his love doesn't have limits. I'm not asking you to limit to one thing or two things or three things. If you have one, two, three, four, five, that's great. If you have a hundred, that's great. But I know this. Those wants, whatever those wants are that you have, whatever the wants are that I have, Jesus is the answer to those wants. Jesus can give you those wants. My advice is to ask him. Ask him for those wants. Ask him to be generous towards you in every way possible. Ask him to bless you in all aspects of your life and in every way possible. Jesus will not disappoint you. I've talked about it many times because I think it's a beautiful quote. Father Jacob John, one of our priests, said, Jesus will never, ever, ever let you walk away empty-handed. You may not get exactly what you asked. You may get more than what you've asked. You may get something different than what you asked. But you'll never walk away empty-handed. Jesus won't let that happen. God's generosity cannot be outdone. There are no limits to God's love. We can just simply ask Jesus to be generous, to be merciful, to be loving towards us, to simply say, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you do for me. Thank you for all that you've done for me.
The other thing I will mention is this. One thing that I've, I've probably mentioned this before. I've, I know I've mentioned this before. The goal of this podcast is what? To make people happy. To make people happy. When we have our wants satisfied, we are happy. Psalm 23 reads, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does that mean? It means that your wants are met. Not just your needs, but your wants. That's a powerful thing. Jesus meets our wants. He exceeds our wants. The promise of the miraculous infant Jesus, if you have that image, that statue, if you want to download a picture off your computer, if you want to, if you have a prayer card, if you have the statue, you can bless it yourself. Jesus gives that. We have that permission in the catechism. Catechism 1669 reads something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing, but you have the ability as a baptized Catholic to bless these types of holy images. Simply say, Lord Jesus, Humbly I seek your holy blessing upon this image. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And take some time and venerate that image. Why? Because the promise, the miraculous infant Jesus is, as long as you venerate this image, you shall not be in one. Honor the miraculous infant Jesus, and you shall never want. Those wants are met. Those wants are exceeded. Not just our needs, but our wants. What does that mean? What does that lead to? Happiness. What's the goal of this podcast? To make people happy. Jesus exceeds our wants and thus what? Makes us happy. Because Jesus only speaks the truth. Going back to this book, Jesus appeals to the world. Jesus is urging. Now, you probably see, I'll back up one second. You've probably seen these T-shirts, this post. My wife has, I think, a, uh, it's not a poster. It's a, some type of d- decor in our home, and it reads, keep calm and carry on. Right? Keep calm and carry on. That was a very popular uh, adage, slogan, about five, six, seven, eight years ago. A lot of things have spun off of that, but the original was keep calm and carry on. Well, in this book jesus appeals to the world our lord addresses this uh, effect really reinforcing this belief and jesus says this august 2nd 1936 jesus said if the soul can keep calm then he or she will remain master of himself or herself but if he or she is perturbed then it's easy for him or her to fall That's what I was talking about as the catalyst for sin. That lack of faith, lack of trust. We doubt that Jesus only speaks the truth. If we begin to doubt that, if that doubt happens. And the belief, by the way, is only capable by the grace of God. It's not, we don't have the ability as pure humans to say, I'm going to, we can will ourselves, we can make that determination to believe it. But our wills can only take us so far. It's the grace of God that allows it to be completed, to be divine will. So that's a grace from God, that grace of faith. We know that because of the Last Supper, Jesus says we can't even do anything without him. Nothing is possible without him. Can't even believe in him without him. So that grace to have faith is a grace from God, another thing to be grateful for. 
Now, the reason I say the divine mercy message, the divine, this message of divine love is life-changing because you start to realize all of these gifts, all that we have is from Jesus. And this is a quick sidetrack. This came to me a couple years ago. When you look around, right? Look around your house. Look around your neighborhood if you're out for a walk. Look around whatever. You live in a city, a country. Just look around. You know what's amazing? Everything that you and I see, everything that you and I see is meant for us as human beings. And what do you mean? If I look at the, the why are there windows? I, you know, I look at these blinds. I look at the, the walls. I look, I'm in my house right now. I'm in the, uh, where I do the podcast. I, I'm looking at the Christmas tree we have right here. I, it's all for us. The lamp I see. If you're walking around, you see a tree. It's all for us. You see the cement, the concrete. You, it's everything. If you think about it all, cars, books, stereos, posters, food, refrigerator, you name it. It's for us. Think about that for a second. That's how much God loves us. Another reason why I say the divine mercy message is life-changing because you start to think about things differently. You recollect. And then what promise does Jesus make if you recollect? And the divine mercy, Jesus says, strive for a life of recollection because my voice is so soft that only the recollected soul can hear it. Amen. Another life-changing message of the divine mercy message. Because if you hear the voice of God, you're going to make good decisions. You're going to be happier. Confusion will be dispelled. Clarity will take over. And clarity is a, another gift from God. Jesus goes on to say, never let yourself become perturbed. Never, never. For when you become perturbed, the devil is content, then his victory will be assured. Jesus goes on to say, remember that you are obliged under obedience. Never, never, never let your soul become perturbed. This is for you the most important thing. Amen. I read that last night at our Divine Mercy prayer group, and I, I had to concede. I've done a pretty poor job with that. I was, you know, I always, I, I tell my wife all the time, I'm a work in progress, I tell her. I, and I am, I'm a work in progress. That's one thing I'm working on, is not becoming perturbed. Jesus even says in the Surrender Novena, don't become agitated. When we become agitated, we offend God so much. And I know these things. I've read these things. I'm practicing these things. Last night, what happened before we went to our Divine Mercy prayer group? I got agitated. I got perturbed. Why? I was racing against the clock. I lost my cool. Knowing that, as much as I read that, as much as I'm working in that area to, to just keep a cool head, to keep calm and carry on, I lost my cool. So when I say, you know, I'm, I'm working on these things, my wife said, well, you, you, you might want to start trying harder. 
And with God's grace, I know I'll eventually we'll get to the point where I'm, I'm accomplishing these goals and keeping more calm. Let us, with God's grace, remember to honor God with our confidence. To remember that Jesus keeps every promise he makes. And to be in a position where we take Jesus at his word. We ask him to be generous towards us in every way possible. And we believe that Jesus only speaks the truth. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Thank you for listening and supporting and sharing the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast.